Welcome back. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Now, in one minute, I have to introduce Annie. Annie, I think I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself in a moment. Hi, Shahida, and, and all the listeners. My name's Annie, so, and my surname is Jiriveda Oliveira. Oh, I love your surname. So, so Annie is from FAMSA, and we will be looking at step families and, you know, aspects, different aspects thereof, the highlights and also the difficulties that a step family comes with. And so that's what we will be talking about. For now, it's the time of the early evening prayer of Maghrib. And a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. So we're back again. And, you know, just before the break, I'd introduced my guest. My guest tonight is Annie Jolivid de Oliveira. Now, I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, welcome to the program. Good evening once again. Um, and, yeah, it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Shahida. I'm really happy to be here. That's really great. So Annie is from FAMSA, and we are going to be focusing on step families and its challenges. So perhaps to start off, I'd like to ask Annie to um, explain to us what FAMSA is all about, this organization, which has actually been in existence for quite a while. But please tell us we about have, FAMSA. Yes. Um, we've been ex in existence for over 50 years. Yeah, wonderful. And it actually started with a group of women in the Boerland area mm -hmm. who recognized that families had problems yeah. and needed support. And that is actually what we are still about today. We're mm -hmm. about building relationships with a very strong focus on family relationships to strengthen them, keep them functional, um, and also to help restore and sustain the relationships within the family. Um, FAMSA has many, many offices in the Western Cape. We've got an observatory office in Bowdoin Road, um, a Kailicha office, one in Mitchell's Plain, mm -hmm. one in Factorton, Elsie's River and Anern. So okay, we wonderful. really are out in all these communities yeah. here and far. And so I asked the question before we started. In the past, there was a while when you had to phone the observatory branch to set up an appointment even at the other offices. But you said that that has changed? Yes. They, they, if, if you were to go online yeah. and look at our website, mm -hmm. All the office names and contact details are there. Okay, that's really, um, really great. If in doubt, you can phone the observatory office and our intake lady and front of desk lady are very, very helpful. Okay, so if you're looking at observatory, or and even if you're looking at Mitchell's Plain, which is probably one of your bigger, um, you know, offices, mm. about how many counsellors would you have? Sure. Um, it's quite complex because we have resident counsellors mm -hmm. and then we have people like me, we sessional workers, where we work in private practice, but we also come in for a day or two at FAMSA. Um, so I can't really give those stats per office okay? Um, because it's quite layered. Um, but I mean, we have layer counsellors, auxiliary workers, social workers, psychologists. Um, but if I think on any one day that I'm at FAMSA, we have at least four or five therapists at work. Wonderful. And we have morning sessions and then afternoon into evening. Yeah. And um, Annie, if one wants to go and see a counsellor at FAMSA, 
must you make an appointment or can you actually walk in and have an appointment? You do have to make an appointment mm -hmm. and we have um, a sliding scale where you are asked what your joint income is. Mm -hmm. So we try and have the fees fair where we don't want money to get in the way but at the same time we want you to respect that you need to pay something okay. for the counseling service you'll get but to book up an appointment you must if you are desperate you can phone in and you can also walk in and as soon as a space comes up you will be fitted in um, our intake officer at the FAMSA office is a lady called Lynette um, and she's brilliant if you walk in and need that immediate counsel she will hold you and work a plan with how you can have counseling sessions in the days to come yeah that's really wonderful so family uh, FAMSA standing for family South Africa mm. we are in our program going to be focusing on step families but I know that you don't only focus on step families what are the types of clients and focus that you will have and I'm asking so that our listeners will know when to identify that they can actually get help from FAMSA our focus is on family, but if you think of it, every single one of us belong to a family. Yeah. Um, so if you have any relationship problem or you're struggling with something internally, it's a good idea to go into counsel, even if it's just for one session, and just have somebody professional to hear you and give you guidance and brainstorm some yeah. ways forward. But in terms of families, they many family structures I mean you've got that traditional nuclear family where you would have your parents two parents with children you have single parent families mm -hmm. where whether because of a death or choice or divorce you might have a parent on their own now yeah. responsible for children then you can have some families where they extended family members living together yeah. so you have the parents with their parents mm -hmm. you know the grandparents bringing up children and living together um, we even have childless families, if you think about it, where both parents have died yeah. and you might have siblings bringing themselves up. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the step family. We also have grandparent families um, where you might have unfit parents or parents having died or children being abandoned um, or even addiction getting in the way mm -hmm. and then those children need responsible parenting and care yeah. and quite often in the Western Cape we have wonderful grandparents taking that on and stepping in yeah. um, and then we have same-sex marriages and families there um, you have children that are adopted, fostered so sure, family yeah. structures are quite diverse right that is true um, coming back to step families so you also have different um, scenarios surrounding step families mm. and sometimes it could be people who had been um, single parents or so for a very long time in their set ways and then they contemplate marriage and bringing two different families together with children in each family or sometimes a single person who comes into a family with children mm. but I want wanted us to speak about what are of the things that you feel 
you know, before people are married, that they need to look at, consider, have conversations about, and perhaps identify it might be helpful for us to have a little bit of therapy or counseling around certain issues. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Shahidia, I love the fact that you used the word look and conversations was the other word that jumped out for me mm-hmm. um, because I feel you really need to look at your partner not just them as a person, yes. but what would you be marrying into? What is their family unit like? And to not rush the process to really think and look. Um, but more than that, if you are coming in with your own children, to actually long before have discussions with them um, about how they feel, how you feel, what would excite you, what would have you a bit nervous, and to really have your children feel heard. So not to rush that introduction, rush that process, but to have your child feel um, that you're working together. It, it is an adult decision when you marry somebody. It's not ready for your child to decide, but we need to hear and consider them. And then if you are marrying someone who comes with children, to really be aware and observe their individual personalities and there's there's no quick way of knowing the fullness of them because yeah. in most cases you haven't reared them from young and they're not your biological child. Yeah. So so not to have your expectations too high because there are going to be disappointments. Mm-hmm. Any family, functional or dysfunctional, is going to have conflicts. Yeah. Um, that's a part of life. So just to be careful not to have your expectations too high. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking about when you have the adult who is now contemplating this marriage and then you have the children. Perhaps to speak about do we... um, do we look upon this, and, and even if it's adults, uh, children who are adolescents, but does an adult look upon an adolescent child as their equal in intellect or even emotional intelligence, or do they have to consider that they are the adult and this is still a child? Your thoughts on that, please. Well, I've found the adolescent phase to be a, quite a complex one because if you think of Eric Erickson and his approach where he sees it as identity formation versus role confusion, it is a time when a child is growing out of that boy or girl phase and working out who they want to be as an adult. And there is confusion, there is debate. Um, They will challenge you because they are becoming that adult. So they need consideration. They really need to be heard. And like you said earlier on, that whole emphasis on discussion and conversation is hugely important. Yeah. Um, all of us need to be valued and loved. And when you heard, truly heard and considered, I think that lowers resistance um, and can have you feel that you're part of the process and that you're being valued. Um, So to really listen to our children, to hear them, and to value their opinions. And we we can disagree, and we're allowed to have fears and not feel entirely comfortable with change like this when we're considering marrying into a family 
that already has children, you know. Yes. And if you think of step parenting, a more modern phrase is blended families. Mm-hmm. But even if we go to step parenting or step parents, we're stepping in mm-hmm. to another family and yes. they're stepping in to us. Yeah. And how do you bridge that? How do you work understanding? And then the word blended, the phrase blended families, can you truly blend? Probably not. But we try. And we try through hearing. And when we hear each other, we should be able to understand more. Yeah. And I, I think if you, even if one thinks about the word blending, and I'm thinking if, you, if you're putting ingredients into a bowl and you try and blend, then it's not going to go smoothly. So, you know, and it's a process. You don't True. just drop everything in and then it's all blended. It really is a process. So acknowledging that there will be a process and a process always asks for patience. But I want to come back to the understanding. And again, if you have adults and they are in love and then you have the children and they might not be in love with this idea. okay? even if they're not opposing it, but they're not in love the way the adults are. So I'd like you to speak about the fact that we have to acknowledge that, say, for for example, for a child in the marriage, Let's say there is, you know, a parent with another child coming into an existing um, home, a parent with a child, etc. That for that child, in fact, I believe for everyone, there'll be a a sense of gain and a sense of loss. For the adults, very often I feel there is more of a gain because they're in love than of a loss. But Mm. for the children, it could feel more of a loss then again because suddenly my mom who would have had a hundred percent of her time now has to give me 30 percent of the time or 40 percent of the time so those types of real losses the loss of our privacy the loss of our time spent together i always think of a child and a parent lying on the bed together in the evening having a chat and very often when there's a marriage many or much of that often just changes. So please speak with us about the gains and the losses. I I feel it is a huge period of adjustment. Yeah. And it cannot be rushed. And um, when you talk about gains and losses, that that is so true. And probably the gains will feel more for the parents, the adults in that romantic bubble. Yeah. Um, And yes, it's an adult choice. And the the children probably are more challenged and maybe have to go through a greater sense of loss. Um, It makes me think of one of the models, Kubler-Ross, with um, the model of loss, where you have the shock, the denial, the anger, the sadness, the bargaining, and then the acceptance. And whatever change we go through, we will experience some loss. Yeah. Um, And yeah, with um, marrying in, children can feel shocked at first. Maybe they didn't see that this relationship would become one of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shock, I can't believe mom or dad's going to marry this person. Yeah. In fact, I'd like you to speak about that. that. That's such an important point. Very often parents or adults would feel as long as the children thought we were friends, just friends, 
everyone was happy. The minute they knew that there was something serious going on, that there was the possibility of marriage, very, very often you see the resistance, you see the pain, the shock, and the the trauma, the overwhelmedness that comes for in the child. But speak with us a little bit about that. Um, so just staying with those phases, if you think of the shock, it's I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. The denial is I don't want to believe it's happening. Um, and the anger is I'm not happy about this and acting out anger. So um, for parents who are going to be marrying in and having this step parenting family, just to be aware that you probably are going to hear things from your stepchildren like, you're not my real mom, you're not my real dad. And that's okay, everything in good time. And actually, you're not the biological parent. So not to challenge that, it's more like, you're right. I'm not your biological parent, I am your step parent, but I do care about you, I would like us to be in good relationship, um, and I want to be there for you. And so I, I have, um, a thought where if and doubt go to feelings mm -hmm. and also step back and give space. Yeah. So in that kind of situation, I would advise a parent to just give the child space, not challenge them, hear what they're saying and just focus on their feelings. Yeah. And thank you so much for that, Annie. We are focusing on step families or blended families and different aspects thereof. So, Annie, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Annie, I want to ask, when two people are contemplating marriage, are there certain things, let's say they are seeing, in my mind, there are those things that could be seen as smaller red lights, and there are those things who could be seen as hugely red lights. So, particularly the huge red lights for me and I'd like us to speak about it and what you think would be helpful for people to consider doing. Let's assume a mommy is getting married to a dad and his son really dislikes this woman hectically and so you have hectic dislike both ways. What are your thoughts in terms of what would be advisable for them? Well, that might be hurtful. It might be unpleasant. It could have either one feel they're not good enough, mm -hmm. feel they're not being welcomed, feel unaccepted. But you can't push a child into creating a relationship. Um, it's also advisable for parents, in particular, being the adults, not to come on too strongly um, and to work with whatever is. Um, we, we don't get on easily with everyone in our world, and it's the same with step families. Yeah. Um, so I would advise to step back, and you may never be liked as much as you'd want to be liked. Yes. So maybe that's where it might even be a help to go to a council session and just have somebody to hear and hold your difficult feelings and mm -hmm. um, your feelings of maybe rejection that might come up. Yeah. Um, not being good enough. Yeah. Um, and to allow for that, maybe 
that parents and that child will never really like each other. Mm-hmm. But how can you work with that? And I think that is an important point that you're getting to. How can we work with that? Mm-hmm. And even there, I would so advise that counseling would be so helpful because it's a containing and trusting environment where the other can say, I need this from you. They can express, this is what I need from you reciprocally. In order to say this, you know, if we give each other these, then we are going to co-live in this home Mm. in a better and respectful way. Exactly. Um, The other thing is it gets back to expectations. For example, um, can you realistically expect you might feel you have a growing love for that child as the adult? their loyalty in all likelihood is going to be to their biological parents. Yeah. So over time they might learn to like you, mm-hmm. yes, love you some, but I think realistically their deeper love and loyalty will probably always be to their biological parents. And Obviously there are exceptions. Yeah. So so and even Annie, there, Shahida, yes. um, not to expect your stepchild to call you mum or dad, for I instance. I was just going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like um, I often find what's helpful is the biological parents will be mum and dad, but whoever they respectfully are marrying, ask permission to call them by their first name. Yes. So you might have your stepmom name, her name might be Shahida mm-hmm. or Sandy. Yeah. And to just say, do you mind if I call you Shahida? Do you mm-hmm. mind if I call you Sandy? Whatever yeah. the name is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think in cultures and in communities, people can decide different things. But ultimately, the point that you're making is such an important point. Mm. The pressure should not be put on the child to call the step parent mom or dad. And I mean, I think in some families I've heard um parents, step-parents being called other mom, other dad, okay, you know, yeah. things so, mm. which, which is kind of likened to mom or dad, or you have a particular name that's kind of in your, in your culture that will speak to when we address um, an adult, then there is a particular name that we use, perhaps for an auntie or so. Sure. And then those names could be the names used. Mm. But the expectation and the pressure that sometimes get put on children to call the step parent mom and dad can be so wrong. Yeah. And, and another thing is um, when you are marrying in to another family with children, you as, as an adult, your first attraction was that other person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you're focusing on the family dynamic and transitioning and getting to know each member, but don't neglect your marriage and to work on strengthening that. And at the same time, don't neglect your child or your stepchildren. And it really is working out how you can fit in time for each of them and have one-on-one activities. So whether it's riding a bike, um, going to see a movie, walking the dogs, having a picnic on a beach, whether as a family, as a couple, or with one of the children. Yeah. and, And it's lovely if you actually, as an adult, speak to the child and say, this is what we're wanting, to have connection. We don't want to push it. We don't want to rush it. We... 
There's no expectation to be close, close, but obviously that would be nice. But if you can come up with any idea or ideas of what we might do together that could just help us get to know each other bit yeah. by bit, yeah. then really tell me. Yeah. I think it's really, really great because like, you know, what you're describing is can we work together at a plan that is going to help us to build. And uh, and so we continue to speak about step families and blended families. I'd like to come back to one of the things that stands out for me um, in my practice that I often um, find is when there are, let's say, two children or children that would have come from the different families, they now come into one family and then the adults sometimes have expectations that your children should behave like my children. We've always done it this way, so why are your children not doing it this way or that way? And it, So you have comparing children and their behaviors. It your must thoughts be, on that? It must be so hard, um, especially if you're not that similar in some areas. Yes. My, my feelings on marriage are... Um, Actually, opposites attract, mm-hmm. but perhaps when you are looking for a partner or not looking for a partner and find somebody that you are drawn to and maybe thinking this could end in marriage, to look at where you are similar, because my observations have been that marriages where there's more similarity um, tend to be more calm and happier and, dare I say, longer lasting. Yeah. Um, if I think of it, um, current stats show that most marriages, half of them will end in divorce. Um, that's quite a high stat. It is. It's quite um, sad. Yeah. And I know that FAMSA is trying to help to correct that and to prevent that from happening. And our program seeks to do that as well. If we can be of help to people who are, and because there is such a high number of divorce, of course there would be a a high number of step families and blended um, families. I wanted to ask you whether we could speak a little bit about the, the theory of, you know, how... How you at FAMSA and, and even you, um, Annie, you do a lot of work in private practice as well. What would be the um, the framework and the theory against which you will attempt to help people? Our focus is step families and blended families. So I asked a particular question before the break. We're going to put that answer on hold. What I'd like to ask at this time is, you very often have divorce, Annie, and from divorce, you go into a marriage. So there are almost two aspects or categories of your life that you now have to work on to kind of have a smooth run, a smooth transition for adults. And then, of course, we have consideration for the children. Your thoughts and advice. Divorce is very, very painful. Mm -hmm. And it often happens over a very long period of time. Um, So one needs to remind oneself that you are recovering from a very painful break. Yes. And you need a lot of time. So not to rush decisions. In fact, many, many counselors would say, don't add any more change. That divorce is like a death very often. That is huge change. So 
if you can, don't move house or flat or um, perhaps don't change your child from their current school. Um, perhaps don't change jobs. Obviously, sometimes you can't help those changes, but you don't want to add more change. Yeah. Um, very important there is to, you'll, you'll be struggling with your own feelings. Imagine your children's. A, a divorce is often around adult issues. It's not the child. And yet quite often I hear in session children feeling to blame and deep down really wanting to have their children, their, their parents back together again. So to really create an environment where your child feels safe to come and talk their feelings to you. But again, if in doubt as a parent, take your child 